Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Uh, many of you uh, may know that this is my service. This is the 12 p.m. service is my service. So it's good to be home. And this is also uh, my fifth year. This week actually is my anniversary of coming into Awakened Church and, and just the, the blessing of transformation and honestly uh, promises fulfilled. When I look at our house, I'm so grateful for, for Pastors Jurgen and Leanne to, to, to take a risk on a wild girl like this girl who is out in Mongolia and out in Indonesia and all the different countries of the world. And they entrusted me with such a beautiful ministry of missions and overlooking our pastoral care and just all the incredible people in our campus. And some of the incredible people are actually on the second row, Carlos and, and Margarita Nicasio, incredible people. Uh, they actually oversee, he's been super instrumental, both of them super instrumental with our work that we're doing in Baja, which we have a Baja mission trip coming up just next Next week, I think it is already. So if it's not too late, if y'all just do a shameless plug for missions, if you want to join us, it's not too late. Uh, we're actually already like 100 people across campuses coming out. And you know, I really felt like Carlos. I, I had a word that just came to me as we were as we were worshiping. And I feel like, and you know, you guys in baseball, you can help me out with the term. I could just see the picture. It's almost like you were there was there was a season of your life where both of you were on the field, and there were some things that caused you to come into the bullpen. And as you're in the bullpen, it's like you just kept on swinging. And I know in the bullpen, there's like these weights that, 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 that gets put on the bat and the guys are practicing. And it's like, they just keep swinging. And it just felt like there's been adversity and different setbacks and different things that have come. And it's just been those additional weights that has just made your swing all the stronger. And I just see that that was all preparation, that you're coming into a season of stepping up to the plate and knocking things out of the park and things that are gonna be coming to you. So get ready, get ready, get ready. God is with you, God is for you. And I just see, home runs on every swing that is coming your way. Amen. Amen. Now, how many of you would say, uh, I, I honestly am on assignment and uh, the assignment is like, how many of you know that we need some help relationally? Right, I mean, or maybe I might be the only one. Many of you may may have noticed I've lately been walking in the last several months with a man next to my side, and so I'm very excited about that. Past Myra's very excited about that. I'm grateful, uh, and and shortly, in just a, in a few short months, we will be married. So it's a new season that I get to come into. I'm very very excited for that. And uh, how many of you know that relationships, whether it be family, whether it be friends, whether it be romantic, it is a beautiful blessing to our lives. Yeah. And, and it really enriches us. But how many of you would also say that relationships are also some of the greatest areas of challenge in our lives as well? Come on, or am I the only one? No, okay, just wanted to make sure. Right now, and how many of you know what you would also say, you know, I thought, like, honestly, I, that I was okay relationally. I can relate to people, easygoing, all the things. I get into a romantic relationship, and I, ladies, do you remember Pastor Leanne talking about every woman has 10% psycho? Well, I found it. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, okay, God. So obviously you brought this incredible man into my life to grow me and to help me move into the next level and hopefully in Jesus' name, keep the cycle under 10%. <laughs> right? And, and the truth is, is that that's the reason why God designed us to be in relationship. If we were isolated, we would never know the dysfunction that is in our heart. We would never know of the different attitudes and how we treat others unless we are in proximity with one another. Now, many years ago when I was a child, my older brother, who I love him so very much, uh, was just a little bit naughty. How many of you had a naughty older or younger sibling? <laughs> Maybe you were the naughty sibling. <laughs> Whoever you are, <laughs> we're, on the, we're on the same team. So, so my brother and I, along with his friend, his best friend, we, we go into like a CVS. And as we're in the CVS, the boys are pressuring this girl to steal a box of nerds. And yes, I did steal, I did steal, I know, I know. And uh, so they, yeah, just put it in your pocket. So I remember putting my jacket pocket. It was my cool 80s brown jacket with the stripes that were on it. And uh, we, those of you who are in the 80s know exactly what I'm talking about. And uh, so, so we get out the door and, you know, I'm thinking like mission accomplished. I just stole successfully without getting caught. And, and little did I know that it was all a ploy by my brother for a bigger scheme. You ready for this? So we get home and what? the first thing my brother does is he goes to my dad and says, Dad, Shelly stole candy from the store. I know. And you're like, bro, I thought we were, we were siblings. I thought you would look after me. But he, he decided to snitch me out. So my dad, being the loving father that he was, he said, Shelly, you've got two options. The first option you get is you can receive the biggest spanking you've ever received that you won't forget. And I'm like, well, that doesn't sound so good. Or number two, you can go back to the store and confess to the manager what you did. And my brother all of a sudden sings to me. He's like, you're going to go the juvie. You're going to go the juvie. He had this whole plan to send me the juvie. And I'm just thinking, bro, really? I thought we were like siblings. Come on, man. And then all of a sudden I can hear the, th the, the cop's theme song. Bad boys, bad boys. What you going to do? What you going to do when they come for you? And I'm just like, oh, gosh, God, what do I? Spanking or bad boys? Spanking or bad and I'm going to go to juvie. I'm going to go there. So I, did, I made the decision to go back to the store. And I was just seven years old. We arrive at the store. And my, my dad takes me to the man. You know, those old uh, pharmacies, they kind of had like these, uh, like, like these stations in the front of the store. And so they, they, we, we said, hey, we've got, she's got a confession. I stole this box of nerds. And she's like, come with me. So then there I go, walking up these stairs and go sit in the manager office that overlooks the entire store and go and sit in this seat that was way too big for me and I'm just this little seven-year-old in this chair waiting to see what was going to be my punishment and she even left me alone for just a moment and I'm just thinking I'm gonna go the juvie I'm gonna go the juvie and then all of a sudden she comes back and she's like sweetie what did you learn from this whole thing and I won't steal ever again she's like you can go free and and how many of you know that I, in that moment, received something I didn't deserve? 
I actually deserve to be punished. I deserved for, for more than what I received, but she actually gave me grace. How many of you know that we, the kingdom of God is all about receiving grace? It's all about receiving forgiveness. How many of you are grateful that you get to receive grace and forgiveness in the kingdom of God? Now, if we go and we read the, the, the text of our message today is out of Matthew 18. The entire chapter is about relational issues. What do we do when people wrong us? What do we do when people offend us? How do we conduct ourselves when someone does us dirty? What is our, our response? And we find in Matthew 18 that there was a king who made the decision that he, it was time for him to settle accounts. So this king, he, he goes to settle accounts and he finds one of his servants who had owed him 10,000 talents. Now, friends, one talent in biblical times was worth 15 years of wages. Now, if you do the math, what is that 200,000 years worth of pay that he needed to pay back? Uh, the, the bottom line is of how did he get it? How did he borrow it? All we can say is this. It was a debt that he could not pay back. Would you agree? It was a massive amount of debt, much like when we we, without Jesus, we can't pay back all the things in, in our own lives. We need a savior. We need our king, Jesus, who's made a way for us to come into the kingdom. So this man, he, he, he recognizes the fact that he majorly messed up. How is he going to come out? How is he going to move forward? How is he going to live? And, and the master was, was ready to throw him, his wife, his children into prison until everything was paid back. And this man, he threw himself at his master's feet and he begged for forgiveness. He begged for time. He begged for mercy. He begged for kindness be given to him. And now let's pick up in verse 27. The master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him and forgave him the debt. So the king, what did he do? He extended forgiveness. He released him of the entire debt. Think of the amount, 10,000 talents, 200,000 years. I mean, massive amount, an amount that he couldn't pay back. How many know that that is called supernatural debt cancellation? Come on, how many of you would like to receive some supernatural debt cancellation? How many of you have something weighing on you that you would like to be able to give to your king and that he would release you from that debt? And that is exactly what this man received. How incredible of that. This is a prophetic picture of our King Jesus who's wiped away every sin and every shameful thing that we've ever done because we ask him for his forgiveness. Isn't that an incredible thing? that we get to receive. This king was moved with compassion. You can see the empathy, the heart, the love, the kindness. He didn't have to give it, but he chose to give it. How powerful when we get to choose to walk in a space of giving grace. Friends, did you know that grace actually empowers us to make change? Uh, grace is a supernatural flow that, that actually changes our heart. Uh, grace isn't something that's weak, something that's actually powerful, that actually changes how 
we actually relate to other people. How incredible that I think sometimes in relationships and we think of conflict and, and all the things, whether it be family, whether it be friends, whether it be romantic, whatever area of relationship that you're in, sometimes we just forget that we get to, get to grab a hold of grace that empowers us to handle the, those situations in a supernatural way. We don't have to do it alone. Isn't that incredible? But what do we do when someone hurts us or offends us? And I've found that we have this struggle. Do we want to be right when we're in conflict or do we want to have relationship? Do we want to be right or do we want relationship? Friends, the title of my message today is When Law Meets Grace. The truth is, let's think about it, like name one relationship in your life where you haven't experienced some level of hurt, uh, maybe some level of disappointment, maybe uh, some level of, of offense or, or mistreatment. Surely my, my, my older brother, there's a little bit of mistreatment when we were kids. <laughs> just, just a little bit. Don't worry. We're totally good. He even texted me this morning, said, I love you. So we're in good standing with one another. Uh, he said he loved me because he forgot it was my birthday the other day, but you know, that's another story. <laughs> but, but, such a, such a, but that's relationships, isn't it? That, that, that's how we interact with one another. And when you think about it, when these things come, you can't stop them from happening, can you? It, it, and, and notice that most of the time, those that bother you the most are those that are closest to you. If it's just someone that's on the street or someone in the store, it doesn't bother you or hit you the same way as someone that is close to your heart. Why? Because God is using the people in your life to challenge the attitudes that are in your heart. Because here's the reality is that we get a choice on how we're, we're going to respond. How do we treat those who upset us, hurt us, or treat us bad? There's two responses that I want to go over today. One is a law response. One is a grace response. Now, what is a grace response? Grace is giving someone something they don't deserve. How many of you know that that's not easy to do? Grace actually is a supernatural flow that causes someone to receive kindness, love, mercy, goodness, gentleness, us having self-control when we feel like we want to slap something. Come on. Am I the only one? Did I say that out loud? Wow. Well, it's true. <laughs> or law response, which is rigid and, and what? And it's, it's demanding rights because maybe we are more of justice people. How many justice people do we have out there that we're fighting for rights? We're fighting. And, and sometimes we can get into a fight just because we're justice minded. You ever find that? Like sometimes we just get into that place of like, I've got to be right because this is the right thing to do. And you take on a cause. It's kind of like pulling a dog by its ears when it's in a fight with another dog. Not a good idea, but we do it anyways, right? <laughs> when, you, when you look at when you're that kind of person. And what I found is this, is that we oftentimes, we want to, in relationship, in conflict, we want to receive grace. We want people to understand our heart. Like we, maybe we hurt someone you know, or maybe I'm the only one, but I'll say there's times where it's like I've been less than what I should be and what God's created me to be. And then it's just like, oh, but I'm sorry. That wasn't my heart. That wasn't my intention. Please forgive me that, that I, I wasn't intending on doing that, right? Many of us can relate to that statement. But then when someone wrongs us, we demand law. <laughs> 
We demand our rights. We demand justice to be, you gotta make this right. How many times have we found ourselves? You gotta make this right. Do we? Maybe we make it right by extending kindness. Just, just a thought, just a thought, just a thought. Now, here, here's the truth, is that relational conflict is, is, is a revealer of what's in the heart. Relational conflict is a revealer of what attitudes we have in the heart. And today, in our short time together, I want to share two attitudes that I see primarily when we're in relational conflict. Can, can, you, can you hang on with me? Right? The attitude of pride, the attitude of resentment, and I'm going to get into those and break those down for you so that we can see them, that these are all opportunities I'm sharing with you today for you to step out of things that have held you back relationally and propel you forward to live your best relational life, to be able to move forward and overcome mountains. Come on, are you ready? All right, so, so I, re- I remember there was a, a conference that I was in in, in Mongolia. So funny. Uh, we were, uh, it was a, several thousand people all gathered together. Think of Cherish Conference. Think of Emerge Conference. Like several thousand people all over the country flooded into this place, and they're just loving, they're, they're loving all the things, and they're singing beautiful songs and incredible worship in Mongolia and incredible word of God, move of God that was going on. But this was a remote city. So in order to leave the city, you've got to take a train. In order to take the train, you've got to take the bus to get to the, tr- the train depot, right? So we, it's a whole thing. Welcome to another country and all the fun that goes with it. So we, we get excused from the conference. Everyone's like jamming as fast as they can to get to the buses so that we can get to the trains. So meanwhile, suddenly crowd fight breaks out everywhere. The same people who were in the conference room worshiping, praising God, thanking God, all the things, and then and here we are in the crowd, and now they're punching, they're pushing, they're shoving, they're swearing, and they're just, get out of the way, and like, just, it was just like crazy. It was literally like night and day, like what in the world? Like, if you ever watched an episode of like Werewolf, you know, it's like Michael Jackson, get away from me now, you know, like, it was like one of those like situations you're like whoa what the heck so finally like through getting shoved like because we're literally like the masses you're just getting shoved finally onto this bus I didn't even have to because it was almost like I was crowd surfing to get into the bus (laughs) suddenly I'm on the bus and then this they all the doors close and then all the people start just like singing after they were just fighting punching doing all the things and then it's like they just switched and they're like and we are one in the spirit and they will know we are Christians by our love, by our love. And I'm thinking like, what, what, what? There, there ain't no love here. There, there, you guys are not one right now. What the, we're one because we're on one bus, but other than that, uh, we were not behaving like that at all. That would be like, ladies, we just had, we're gonna be having Cherish Conference in like five weeks, and we, we finished conference, and, and we, we know, because we're all gonna be parking in this parking garage, and then we're all gonna wanna try to hurry up and get out of there as fast as we can. So as soon as we get into our cars, we just start throwing down and to breaking off our shoes. Like, I mean, that's the equivalent of what it is. And you're just thinking like, oh my gosh, like I can't believe that this is actually happening. However, when you think about it, even though it's an extreme story, it is the reality that when we get into pressure and conflict, it reveals what's in the heart. And that is the key issue because the the reality is is that the evidence of your walk with God is seen in how you treat others. 
And I will even add, especially those who are closest to you, where it was, it's the easiest for us to lash out. It's the easiest for us to tell them off and, 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 and react to them. Now, this servant who was forgiven of a massive amount of debt, wouldn't you agree? Supernatural debt cancellation. He suddenly, next verse, let's look in verse 28. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, that would mean his friend, his co-worker, who owed him a hundred denarii. In other words, three months of wages. Not very much when you think about it in comparison to what he was forgiven of. And he laid his hands on him, took him by the throat, saying, pay me what you owe. And this co-worker, friend, that he'd probably been working with alongside for years, he did the same thing that he did, understanding that he was responsible, understanding that he needed to pay back. He fell to his knees and said, bro, give me a chance. Give me some time. I promise I will pay you all. So you would think a man who had just received that same grace, that that's how he would behave, right? But the Bible says that he threw that man into prison. What an incredible mindset of just ignorance and pride and arrogance and, and, and resentment that he would not have mercy and kindness on a man when he had just received it himself. Like he literally, like, and this is the principle, the failure of those around you will reveal the heart issues of, of, of what you're dealing with. Someone else's failure will reveal your attitude, if I can put it that way. So because, why? Because that, the truth comes out. This man, he demanded grace. He demanded law. Think of this man. He was actually right. Right? The truth is there are certain situations we face. We are actually right. They actually did wrong us. They did maybe harm. They may have misspoke. They may have maybe hurt or, or, or taken something out of context or whatever. The, you, you fill in the blank. We could be right but still be wrong. Does that make sense? And, and, and you think of this man. His heart was so twisted that he was demanding law and demanding justice when he should have sown in grace. I mean, it's pretty clear the man did not go to awakened church, and he did not actually attend Twisted the Musical. I mean, he was obviously singing the song, Money! And he was just demanding his rights and demanding the finances that was actually driving him. So we find that the failure of others provides an opportunity for us to grow. How many of us would like to grow and be transformed, right? How many of us would like to come into the next level of relationship with our king and relationship with one another? How many of us would like to be empowered with the grace of God to be able to handle the attitudes that might come out from within us. I mean, come on, let's be honest. We all got a little bit of tudes that we've got to work on sometimes when you think about it. So it, it provides us an opportunity. We can choose, number one, to demand our rights. Give the person what they deserve, right? And how many of us, we can honestly say there's been times that we've wanted to give a person what they deserved. Right? I mean, come on. Uh, when, we, when we really look at it, or do we yield to grace and give a person what they don't deserve? Kindness, love, mercy, goodness, gentleness. And, and, and here's, the, here's the reality is that when someone hurts us, our natural reaction is to retaliate, is it not? That we retaliate with a sharp word or, or maybe it's a passive aggressive jab or, or, you know, it's like, it's like we, it's always just a, like kind of love 
lobbing that next statement, lobbing that next thing, instead of realizing that actually it's not about what I want to sow into this current situation, but what do I want to sow into future relationship? What do I want to sow into relationships in my life? Do I want to sow kindness? Do I want to sow grace? I try to always remind myself, I'm not saying that I'm perfect, but I try to remind myself, I want to sow grace because I know that I know that I know that I need grace. Amen. I know that I know that I know that I need kindness, that I need forgiveness. Amen. So that if we would sow to that. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you would say right now in your life, everything is so incredible and you have zero relational conflict? Is there anyone? Yeah, some of us might have had it this morning on our, on our way over here after we slept in and had the coffee and came in, <laughs> right? When you think about it, and here's the reality, many of us can't understand why we have difficulties in relationships. Why is she so difficult? Why is he so difficult? And we get caught up in this he said, she said all the time. And, and, and we, it's like we can't move past it because we get into this argument. Well, he said this and she said that and he did that and she did that, right? We get into this like banter back and forth. Or am I the only one? Am I? No, okay. Just checking, just checking. But in the reality is, is that the, because we get fixed on wanting to be right over the wrong, you can be right, but just release the, need, the selfish need to be right. And like, God, what is it that you want to do in my heart? Why? Because the kingdom of God is all about relationships. The kingdom of God, the king, this king of the servant, he didn't have to forgive him. His right was to throw him into prison. He had every right to do so, but yet he yielded to grace and compassion and forgave him because that is the nature of the kingdom. That's the nature of kingdom relationships is to give someone something they don't don't deserve. How transformational would that be if we would give someone something they don't deserve? What if we made that our mission and our motto and our relationships of life? Oftentimes I hear people say all the time, well, my mom, man, she's just this, or my dad, or my husband, or my wife, or, or my friend, or this, right? right. We, we go down the line and we do all of these things, but what if we gave them what they don't deserve? I've found that if we're gracious to someone, that that provides an opportunity for transformation. But we're so busy wanting that person to change that we forget that we need the change if we want to bring transformation. Amen. All right, so let me get into attitude number one, which is pride. Pride is, uh, you know, we don't like to talk about it because we all believe we're totally humble, which is, <laughs> which is probably not so true <laughs> when we think about it. I can humbly say I'm not so humble, <laughs> right, that there's opportunities to grow. And so this man, uh, this wicked servant, he had an idol of pride that was in his heart so that his experience of grace did not change him. He lacked compassion to his brother that he should have had mercy. Why? Because pride produces hardness and stubbornness of heart. Does it not? Pride uh, doesn't like to admit wrong or to admit that it made mistakes. Uh, the, you know the word pride? Do not be lifted up with 
pride. That word pride in the Greek is a word called tufo, where we get the word typhoon, meaning that pride is a, a, a smoke layer that wraps you up and clouds your vision from being able to see clearly. Wow. So we realize that when we yield into pride, our vision is actually skewed by a smoke mist that we can't see clearly what is actually happening. Then it, it, you, you find that the Bible also speaks of that, that pride is stubbornness, and that stubbornness is pride, if you will. Another word in, in, in the Bible that talks of stubbornness is that it's arrogance, which is one of the same. So in other words, when I'm obstinate that I don't want to move, and I'm unpliable, that I'm unwilling to admit that I need to change, I'm unwilling to consider, how many know that that's called being stubborn? How many of you would say that you have some stubbornness, we'll say, in your family? Not you, but in your family. <laughs> right? Right? Stubbornness, right? Now, we all know that if, if that's our family, then it's probably in us too. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying, right? When we really look at that. But it, the Bible says that stubbornness is, as, is like idolatry, so an idol. And iniquity. So when I'm choosing my stubbornness and my need to be right, I'm actually operating with elevating an idol instead of actually yielding into the kingdom of God. I had a friend of mine who, he, he, he wanted to believe God for healing. And uh, he, he made a decision one day. He, it wasn't that God spoke to him. He made a decision. He's like, I once was blind, but now I can see. And so he took off his glasses and he was ready to destroy them. And his wife's like, babe, babe. Don't, no, 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 don't do it. And too late. And he breaks his glasses. And she's like, okay, well, do you have, can you see? And he's like, no, I can't see you. But by faith, in Jesus' name, I see. And, and, and she's like, but you cannot see. Please tape up your glasses. Please put them back on. Please just believe God for a miracle until it's actually, you don't have to face it. You can actually make it where you can actually see. No, no, no. He destroys the glasses and throws them away. Well, he goes on to work, and he, thankfully, he's on public transportation because he's living in Europe. So he's going around. He can't see anything. His his co-workers are now kind of teasing him like, dude, can you even see anything? He's like, no, but I can see in Jesus' name. And so he was facing it all the way through. And, his, and one day, his, his boss uh, gives him an assignment, and that was to drive a vehicle from Sweden to Norway. Mind you, he can't see, and he's been relying on public transportation. That goes off really, really well. Who wants to be in that guy's taxi? <laughs> so he, here he goes, and he jumps in the car, and children, don't try this at home. <laughs> he, he does this, and he gets in the car, and he's literally relying on the Holy Spirit to direct him to avoid obstacles, to turn left, to turn right, to do all the things. And he successfully, by the grace and mercy of Jesus, makes it to his destination. And friends, can I tell you, when he dropped off that car, what the Holy Spirit told him? Instantly, as soon as he landed, the Holy Spirit says, now get yourself a pair of glasses. <laughs> Now, obviously, it's not wrong to believe God for healing, but you've got to use wisdom in how God wants to bring healing to you. Sometimes it's instant, sometimes it's a season, whatever it is, but it was his, it was his pride and arrogance that prohibited him and put him actually and people around him in dangerous situations. So we must lay down our pride. We must choose uh, to, to choose God's way. Pride also will cause us to be extremely angry, arrogant, harsh, 
condemning and judgmental. That was the problem with this wicked servant. Like he chose judgment instead of mercy. He chose to be judgmental. And, and when you think about it, pride will cause us to have an intolerance towards other people's mistakes. Have you ever noticed that we're good when we make a mistake? Please forgive me. Please oversee uh, my, my weakness and my mistake. But if someone else does something wrong, then that's where we find there's some harshness that actually comes out of us that God wants to set us free from today in Jesus' name. Come on, friends. Now, think of uh, James and John. They, they did the same thing. Jesus was rejected uh, by, on his, he was, his, his, the Bible says his, his face was set to go to Jerusalem and the city that they were in would not receive him. So James and John is just like, Jesus, do you want us to call down fire from heaven and strike them down? And Jesus is like, guys, you don't even know what spirit you are of. Hello? But it's because they had intolerance of the people's rejection that they wanted to judge them when Jesus wanted to love them. Jesus wanted to heal them and restore them. So we must be able to see clearly that pride moves us actually from grace and places us under judgment. I don't know about you, but I want grace over judgment. Come on. Grace empowers me to change and be transformed. Now here's the other truth about pride is that it values being right over relationship. Um, several years ago, before I came to San Diego, I had a friend, and uh, she, friends, she was struggling so bad with alcohol that she was drinking over a handle of vodka every day. And she was 34 years old, and she she was just just a complete uh, just mess, just in, in, in so many ways. And we were we were working together, and one day she stole from me, and and so it looked like my reputation that I was the one who came up short. How many you know that I got upset? <laughs> I got really offended that she did what she did. And like, how dare she try to ruin my reputation? Like, there's just, you know, like sometimes when I look back, it's like, how immature is that for me to, to think that and to behave that way? And then because of her health, because of her alcoholism, what ended up happening is within just about a week, something like that, she goes in the hospital. Cirrhosis of the liver, kidney failure. And friends, I wish I can tell you that I was just this good, on fire pastor and just went in there. And I literally said, I don't have to be her pastor. She offended me. She, she actually tried to ruin me and my reputation. And that was wrong. And I don't, I, I'm just her coworker. I'm not her pastor. I'm just being honest. And, 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 I, and I realized that it was wrong, but I didn't know how to stop it in that moment. And it wasn't until like one day turned into a week that turned into two weeks. Finally, the Holy Spirit convicts me and says, Shelly, will you go minister to my daughter? She needs you. Will you forgive her? Oh, Shelly, by the way, friends, it was only $20. It was $20. How many of you know that many times that we get hung up on the small things? And, I, and I'm sure I'm not the only one in the room. If not, y'all can pray for me. But pray for me anyways. I probably need it. I'm getting married soon. Right? So when, when, when you look at that, the reality is, is I was going to let $20 stand in the way. And so I just said, God, please forgive me. I repent for holding on to unforgiveness. I repent for holding on to offense. And, and then I went into the hospital room and began ministering to her and her family. And her health was actually decreasing. She ended up in the ICU. She had moments, maybe, where we were guesstimating she may not make it through the night. And I said, Angie, I don't know what's going to happen to you right now 
now, but I do know that Jesus is here. I do know that Jesus will forgive every sin. There's nothing too shameful that he cannot remove from you. If you would just choose him, would you like to secure your eternal salvation? She lifted her hand in the hospital room and she said, yes, I want to be saved. And she got completely saved. Come on. And what was beautiful about that is that I saw her life, her physical body go towards death, but I saw her spirit body go towards life. And now there's life and there's vibrancy and she's hopeful. And she's like, Shelly, if I get out of here, I'm going to go to church with you. I'm tired of drinking. I'm tired of all these things. I choose Jesus. But, but also I have my seven-year-old and my nine-year-old. I don't know what's going to happen. Will you help me write letters to my children if they don't get to see me out out of this hospital. And so friends, by excusing that debt and that need, that selfish need to be right, I, I started pinning letters on her behalf to her daughter and to her son to bring just words of life and words of truth and things mom wanted the, them to know. And she passed away a few weeks after that. And it was very sad, but I also was just very grateful. And it's as if God just spoke and said, Shelly, because you were willing to let go of your selfish need to be right her salvation was able to occur because you were my agent to bring transformation come on how many of us know that we are living in a house of transformation, but God would use you to bring transformation into another? See, oftentimes I think we're looking up and we're waiting, God, transform me. But God's like, I will put some people around you that's going to maybe rub you the wrong way and cause attitudes to come to the surface because I want you to be changed. And I want you to, when you see other people with attitudes, will you sow grace? Will you sow kindness? Will you sow love? Will you so mercy to bring transformation into their soul. We can also see that this, this wicked servant, he held resentment. Like what the heck? He grabs the man by the throat and demands that he would pay him back. And, and resentment oftentimes, friends, it's found in a place of, of lack and having a, a, a lack way of thinking of being jealous of, of the person or, or of maybe they're getting away with too much. Oh, that awakened church, they have way too much fun. Right? You know, think of it like there's this, there's this resentment that comes alive on the inside of a person that just causes them to be agitated, causes them to be, if you will, angry of maybe someone's not doing enough and causing us to want to mistreat people, maybe by cutting them off or, or maybe giving them the silent treatment or, or any, of, any of those things that we would most commonly find ourselves doing with others, withholding love. I don't know. At least I've been guilty of that. The truth is, is that what someone else does doesn't affect what God wants to do on us. And so, you know, the, the reality is, is that God puts conflict in our life on purpose, not to harm us, but to transform us. He actually wants us to see the attitudes that are in our heart so that we can go from attitude to transformation. And that comes by number one, acknowledging I've got some tudes in my life that I got to deal with. I recognize that I've got some attitudes that have actually hurt others other people and I need to deal with that. I need to give forgiveness, choose forgiveness. But I realized that many times if you've been in church long enough, you know that you need to forgive. But the, the Bible also speaks of we need to bless those who have hurt us. 
And I feel like that's the missing key. Just recently, I had some relationships in life that go way back, and, and there was just different issues, and I just, it just felt like this sticky situation. You know what I'm talking about? It's like you, you felt like it was done, but it just feels sticky, and it just causes this turmoil on the inside of you. And that was me, and God just said, Shelly, I need you to bless them. So I just said, God, in the name of Jesus, I make a decision right now to bless this beautiful family, this beautiful situation. God, I ask that you bless their ministry. God, bless their family, bless their business, bless the children, bless the, the grandparents, bless each and every aspect of their lives. God, I ask that you'd cause your face to shine upon them, God. I ask that you would bring transformation in and through their lives, God. And as I begin to bless them, for the first time in my life, I've never done this before, I literally felt everything shift. And I thought, wow, there's something to to be said if we would choose to sow kindness and be like our king and we'll see reformation in our own heart. Amen. Bless those who have cursed you. Would you stand to your feet? How many would say, I mean, obviously we all admitted we have some sort of relational issue, whether it be family, whether it be, you know, a sibling, uh, maybe your sibling was like mine. You're going to go the juvie. But now it's like the 40-year-old edition, you know, or something like that. And maybe you, it's spousal conflict. Maybe it's just, you know, mother, daughter, what, whatever. There's so many different relational combos. But whatever conflict, and you're feeling in your heart like, dang, I thought I had forgiven, but they just feel sticky. I don't know. There's just something there. It just feels sticky. I feel some sense of resentment. Like, I just, it's just this internal anger. And when pressure comes on, it's like, it's just like, that's what what comes out or or maybe you're like dang it Pastor Shelley why did you have to say pride now I know I got to humble myself now I know that there's there's I've just been wrestling with this and I didn't know that it was pride but you described it in such a way that I know that I've chosen stubbornness and I've chosen the need to be right over relationship and I want transformation I want change is there anyone like that in that in, in the room today look at all over this room come on all over this room all over this room all over this room would you be so bold and would you make your way to the front? I would love to pray for you. All of you, all of you, come, come forward, come forward, come forward. In our last few moments of service, come on, be bold. This is your moment. The altar is your moment where transformation takes place. It's in, it, it, it alters your life. It's where we get to make an exchange. I thank you for your boldness to come forward. Thank you for your boldness, recognizing that God wants to do a work in your heart today. I know that I know that God brought me on assignment to be able to bring this word that is a, a relational tool that brings transformation. And the truth is by you coming forward, you are actually embracing the transformation that God wants to do in you and through you. The truth is by you coming forward, you saying, God, I need to be set free. He's going to free you, to empower you, to actually help bring transformation to someone else's life. By sending uh, grace, kindness, and mercy into their lives, you will see transformation. So would you all just pray this prayer with me? Father, I come to you right now. I surrender control and the need to be right. I repent for every agreement made with unforgiveness, resentment, and pride. I renounce my agreement with every demonic spirit attached to unforgiveness, 
resentment and pride right now in Jesus' name. Jesus, I yield to you. I yield to your ways and I surrender my heart to you. I declare that I trust you, Father, and I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would come breathe afresh on me. I exchange pride for humility. I exchange law for grace. And I expect supernatural encounters with your presence and your power where I am right now. Now let me pray over you. Father, I thank you for your sons and daughters that are here. Father, by the confession of their mouths, God, I thank you that you are releasing your kindness, your goodness, your mercy over them, God. I thank you that you are washing them with your kindness, Father, that you are bringing transformation on the inside. And I just see relationships all over this room being restored. I see God giving you visions and dreams of what to say that's going to unlock the hearts of those that you are interacting with. I see family members coming to the Lord. I see children coming back to the Lord. I see just reformation that is taking place in families and even marriages. We prophesy over marriages that there'd be great strength of union and oneness that would come to our marriages amongst our friends and family. Father, we thank you that there is just great reformation that you're bringing to your sons and daughters in this house right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, that you are bringing change. You are bringing reformation. Father, let your anointing sweep over this room. I thank you that your anointing is breaking yokes. Your anointing is breaking chains, God. Your presence is causing life to return into their souls and that we declare over every conflict, let there be peace in Jesus' name. We choose peace that breaks the authority of chaos in the mighty name of Jesus. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.